This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to Extra the Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Melvin Robert. We have a great episode for you today. First up, superstar George Clooney is back behind the camera in the highly anticipated film, The Boys in the Boat. The actor-director opens up about the intense training that he put his actors through and the pressure that he felt to make sure the movie lived up to the best-selling book. Then, Zac Efron went through quite the physical transformation for his new film, The Iron Claw. The star reveals one of the biggest surprises that he encountered while filming the true-life wrestling drama. Plus, Kelsey Kelsey Grammer is going home once again, starring as Frasier Crane, and he shares with us that he isn't closing the door on a possible romantic reunion with a past Cheers favorite. But first, the $4 billion box office king is back as the watery warrior fighting to save the world in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Extras Monacosar Abdi catches up with Jason Momoa, who shares how he got in shape for the role and the one thing that he really wanted to work into the script this time around. You are back in the Aquaman suit. Yeah. Did it fit? Yes, okay. thank God. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this time, you're not only just playing Aquaman, you also pitched the storyline. Yeah. And you're getting story credit. Very cool. That is so cool. Okay, yeah. so what can we expect from this Aquaman? Well, you know, this time around, I just wanted to, I just wanted to do everything I haven't done yet. Uh -huh. I just I've lived this character for so many different films that I'm kind of like, you know, Want to see him as a father? Want to see him as a husband? Mm -hmm. Now that he's a king, how does he how does he handle that in his own world? Because obviously he's been the reluctant king through everything. So yeah. um, him really diving into that, he lost his you know he lost his mentor. So it's going through the heartbreak of that. Um, yeah. I wanted to lean into my one thing I really wanted to do because I grew up with um, I was raised by a single mother, worked many jobs. And I really wanted to uh, like in the script really just. Give, uh, give homage to all the single parents out there who are the real superheroes. And so my dad in the film who raised me, I can't I can't take care of, I can't even do my job right and take care of the kid. Yeah. But my dad did it by himself. And so I, you know, I've done a bit of a, a love for my mom, just going like, you know, those are the real superheroes. And especially during this time of season, just to go like, it's hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, times are tough right now and just being able to go like, there's, there's a lot of different themes in there. And then to get into the environmental side of it where, you know, making something that's realistic that's happening. The ice caps are melting. What's that going to do to our planet? Yeah. Me and my brother, putting our differences aside, 
which we all have our differences and our opinions. It's but not easy to put away the family drama, no, right? For the greater not. good, though. It is, yeah, but just to, I mean, for everyone, it's put it aside to go, like, we can't have our differences if we don't have a planet. So yeah. it's, like, just kind of, like, trying to craft in a way where it's not preaching, but really make interesting... And there's, there's some really good twists in it, too. I really just wanted to, like... You get, so, you, get so, you get so excited to play a role that you want to go like, hey, the next one we do, yeah. I would love if we could if we could try to do this. And they listened, and then James put in his, you know, built these beautiful worlds that we go in some pretty amazing places, and mm -hmm. we got to shoot in Hawaii, and we're shooting here, we're in Antarctica, okay. so there's like a lot of cool, cool, cool stuff, I think. I feel like you were writing in all the places you wanted to go. You're like, Hawaii, Aquaman goes to Hawaii. I put Hawaii in there. <laughs> I tried for Tahiti, I didn't win. Yeah. The budget? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, doesn't Hawaii offer that? I'm like, yeah, but, you know. But Tahiti, though, right? I was just like, can't we build the studios in Tahiti? Yeah. Why not? But we have England. England's pretty nice. No, definitely. Um, so you're back with Patrick Wilson's back. We see Nicole Kidman is back. Yeah. So James actually explained your chemistry with Patrick as men in black. All right. That's a good would you agree? Yeah, a little tango and cash too. Yeah, yeah. I was we're, gonna say, what other dynamic duo would you? You know, throw like odd couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Here men comes the men in black. <laughs> I can see you guys walking out to that. Uh, there's a lot of just kind of dark underwater themes that we saw in the first one, like zombie-esque, I would say. Um, is that what we can get from the sequel, too? Dude, it's, I think it gets worse. Really? I mean, the trench were pretty scary. There's some of those scary shots uh -huh. where that thing's going down and, like, everything. Yeah, we, we have a lot of that. There's there's, there's oh, definitely zombie-esque. There's definitely, it's, there's some scary moments. Um, I'm a big wuss, but, I mean, like, if you... What? I am. I don't do horror really well. Well, I was just going to say, would you play horror, though? I, yeah, I mean... Because I could see you coming out as Leatherface, just... I mean, Running yeah, up the you, chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got me pegged, but I'm like, but I'm, with, but I'm not very good at, uh, I'm good at watching horror films. Okay. But James, it's, it's, that's, it's, it's wonderful having that, that he has that whole genre just dialed. Yeah. Because you're going to have that thriller aspect, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just the way, how he does storytelling, so. Jason Momoa is scared of scary movies. That is something I was not expecting right I'm all, now. Yeah. I, you'd, be, you'd be surprised what I'm scared of. What kind of... Is your next role going to be like a tender role? Like, who would get you in a... Yeah, didn't you see Slumberland? Yes. Okay, okay, I'll give you that one. Tender in that. What else have I been tender in? <laughs> You're like, not everything has to be a WWE Smackdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this next one, well, that might be tender the next one, then never mind. Yeah. BTW, I'm going to check in on you. Are you okay? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. A little You're nervous. Not... Horses kind of scare me. So. I was going to say, I saw you grabbing the things. other one, so... This would be, this is a liability. I gotta make sure Jason Moe's okay. Um, it takes a lot to get in shape for these movies and stuff. Did you do anything different for this one? Or I feel like you say you don't really work out like that, right? No, it's just more just like protecting yourself so you can do the stunts. I enjoy the fighting and the aspect of it, like training with the stuntmen, but it's more of just like padding up and making sure that you're flexible. And like, that, that's really the thing is because long hours and- Do you do like yoga or something to get you flexible? You know, I never, um, really got into it, but I think now, the older that I get, mm -hmm. like, I mean, stretching is like super, super important. So, I wouldn't know if I do. Pain. We tried doing, my, my trainer tried doing yoga with me. He's really good at it, but yeah. we just call it extreme stretching. Okay. And then we put on Wu-Tang. And so it's just kind of, it's either, it's either Metallica or Wu-Tang. I, you know what, heavy metal yoga. I could, I could get behind that. Wu-Tang yoga is pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, 
I can get behind you saying as well. It doesn't always have to be just calming music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, because I mean, like you said, it, it is a lot of action, and I'm sure that's what we're going to get from the next one, too. Is, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we got that one covered, so. So I saw the beef with Chris Hemsworth. Were you, uh... Well, there's no beef. I actually called Chris to help me get ready for Aquaman. Did so, you? Well, I mean, he owns Centerfit, so that's, that's wonderful. He's he's yeah. really, I mean, to me, he's, like, the poster man of, of like, in shape. He, he looks wonderful. He's extremely big. Yeah. And I just don't have that in me. I, uh, so I was like, dude, he's got his he's got his company. We tried to do the whole thing together. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just did that as, like... I mean, because I'm not going to be in that shape. So I'm like, when I put my suit on, I look like Chris Hemsworth. You're like, I'm going to call out everyone. Yeah, I'm going to call him. But he's was like, there he's padding? like, I just wear my skin suit. I'm I mean, like, he alleged there's padding in the suit, so. Of course, of Clear? course, yeah. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah, he oh. wins. He wins. That's, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Here I thought he was trying to throw shade. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That is all natural. No, we're friends. No, we, we just get a <laughs> kick out of it because I, I, I'm definitely not as big as him. And he's, uh, and I have to wear a suit to be that big. Yeah. No, trust me, you guys are definitely super fit and in shape. Um, are we expecting you back in the Aquaman suit again, or maybe a Lobo, I'm hearing? Well, I think this is it. This is yeah. this is the end of the road for DCEU, so I'm like, uh, it's a sad thing, or it's like, it's yeah. sad, but it's also like cool, because, you know, James is at the helm now, Pat, mm -hmm. or Peter, so there's gonna be a bunch of new stuff coming in. Uh, 12 years of playing Aquaman. It's a long time. You gotta go see how we wrap it up. It is, but it's it's kind of cool how it's ending, and then I guess the fans really, really love it. You never know, it's all you, about the fans, so. You really embody the role. I feel like you're super environmentally conscious. Obviously, you, wrote, you helped write that in the script as well. Um, you really embodied the role. Like, was that written for you, or was it that you just, you guys have so much similarities? It's just a little bit of destiny because I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the things I always loved to do when I was in school, like to be a marine biologist, to and then just being Polynesian and my my love for the ocean. So yeah. I'm very happy that it kind of I guess uh, we mirror each other, yeah. and it's 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 wonderful because you got kids looking up to you, and then if you can do take your platform and do do good, mm -hmm. I mean it's all the things that I I love anyway. So that's kind of a, a bonus. Definitely. Okay, so we're in London. If I heard correctly last time, you say every time you're in London, you call Amelia Clark. Did you call her? I didn't. Oh. I, it, was, it was, well, I wouldn't have the time to see her, so that's kind of the thing. If I had time to see her, we're pretty flat out on everything, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, I didn't get to see her. I haven't been able to say hi. And how do these horses compare to the, the ones Cal Drogo was on? I'd way rather be on these. These these horses, uh, they listen. These horses scare you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm two right now. I'm 260. Like, would you want me on your back? And I like the horses don't. They don't want me on them. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, no, get off of me. So they like to buck me off. Oh my gosh. I mean, that was a flex right there. Thanks for dropping that. Yeah. Uh, I'm 260. I'm big boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a roll. It's a roll. Like you said, you have to take advantage of it, right? Hey man, I love pasta. Makes you happy. Yeah. Pasta and beer. Do you get to bulk up on that? Well, no, it's just off season. I'm just, I just love Boston beer. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, you played, again, we talked about it, super cool roles. I mean, from what you did in Game of Thrones to Aquaman to like all the other roles that you play is, do you feel like you're that character? Like the, the macho, I'm gonna come in and kick What's, down a door? 
Well, it's pretty funny because I'm like the least like that <laughs> in life. I'm starting to pick that up. I think, yeah. I think I'm more like, it, it's been fun, like being fast and being like, being, getting to play a villain again. Slumberland was one of the most, like, that was a great kids movie that was fun to do. Yeah. And now I'm going to do Minecraft with Jack Black. So I'm ex like, he's a legend. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into comedy because yeah, I mean, you are funny. I mean, you do SNL. Like, I, I love your skits, yeah. honestly. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom splashes into theaters December 22nd. Now to this. Superstar George Clooney is back behind the camera to direct his ninth film, The Boys in the Boat. Based on the best-selling book, the movie tells the story of a group of University of Washington students who survived the Depression and against all odds take on Hitler's rowing team in the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. Extras Billy Bush talks to George Clooney and the film star Joel Edgerton about casting the film and the intense training that went into make it this is my favorite book so i mean i went in oh, last night george yeah and you had to you had to clear a hurdle with me yes. congratulations you made it thank you brother thank you're you. very welcome oh my god it's casting fun. is the key yeah that guy oh, is that an offer or did you have to audition for george <laughs> <laughs> yes we had him come in and audition no it's an offer are you kidding we were lucky to get him so you know yeah it's an offer we, we, I, we'll offer him anything. We'll offer him anything. And then wants. I consider the first week of shooting kind of like a sort of an audition because I always spend the first week thinking something. Listen, like, you're Listen, we made a big mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Listen, uh, Julie, you're really good. Yeah, but. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> as cool and loose as Joel is, I'm thinking he's a, a serious, prepared guy. Like, he, is. he does deep research. How much did you do on Al Albertson? Uh, a couple of days. That's <laughs> it? Yeah, I you went you. deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's interesting approaching uh, real-life characters, but there's a, there's a pressure that gets taken away when, when they're not, you know, an iconic real-life character. I think, you know, no one comes to the movie going, oh, we really know what he looked like and sounded like and moved like. Um, and, and therefore, you're really just diving into the book and the true stories told about him and the photos. There's no real, there's no newsreel footage or audio recording, so... Just people described him as stoic and those kind of, you know, bigger sweeping dis descriptions, you know. Yeah, and no, I, I just loved in the script how he was described. There was two references to the fact that he doesn't smile very often and that he should do it more. Which just oh, pointed yeah. me towards all those angry coaches that you ever see. But he was stoic. He was, I mean, well-dressed. Very well dressed. rich. I mean, oh, yeah. back then, right? I mean, he was like, the people were starving. This is Depression era. Mm. You know, these kids don't come from a thing, but Al looked like he was living He had a little thing on the side, I think, maybe. A little, action a little hustle? A little, little Taylor business. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, even the criminals, you know, they had three-piece suits. Uh, <laughs> holes in them, but they had three-piece Yeah, suits. an incredible era for clothes. Jenny, uh, costume design, did such an incredible job. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of clothing candy, I think, you know, the movie. Um... But yeah, I think um, clothing candy. Oh, especially that's when they were opening ceremony. I mean, oh, yeah. oh wow, well, that, like that could be a costume Oscar there. Yeah, so yeah. dapper. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, the, the music. Oh, oh, oh. I was just spot our, yeah. Our, our, yeah. Oh. unbelievable. Is he the creme de la creme these days? I mean, yeah, he's... I had seven teardrops from the, just the moment you get swept yeah. up in this thing. Well, it's fun, you know. There's a trick to trying to make rowing cinematic. Yeah. It's tricky because it's really an amazing sport, but it's hard to, you, you got to get in close to see what they're doing and make it exciting. And so that was a big part of it was trying to make it, we wanted to make sure that 
the sport was well represented. You know? Yeah. And, and look, I mean, what a moment. The story is a metaphor for that unbelievably great, selfless, sacrificial generation. Yeah. I mean, it just, they pulled together. Yeah. They didn't talk about, oh, I want that, I want this, I want that. They, they made it happen. They yeah. worked. At, that's what I love. And don't we need that right now? Well, we kind of do. I think at least we need to remind ourselves of who we are. I think we get lost sometimes in the idea that we're all at odds with one another when the truth is we're not really and we actually kind of like each other and yeah. there was a the, the thing I liked about this story was the book is the, the 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 main the thing in your soul is that you know we need each other we need to get through things together and uh, and I thought that that was it made for a good Christmas day movie you know yeah. Mm. What's well, you versus Oprah on Christmas Day, George? Is it? Oh, really? The color oh, purple versus the colors purple and gold. Oh, look at you Ooh. with the. I'm mean, just working with colors right I now. I see. He's done very well. <laughs> we yeah. can't really bob and haw at that together, can we? No. I don't see the color. We'll try. We'll get back to you. This is uplifting. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, feels like the, uh, feels like the time is right. Did you, so you liked the book a lot? Loved. Yeah. But so the book, I. I mean, you have to, it, it's impossible. It's very hard to make that a movie because sure. there's so much of the book is, you know, this incredible facade that Hitler put on. Like, yeah. come to my beautiful Germany. Look at Berlin. We're all so happy. And as soon as the boys in the boat got back on the big boat is when he enacted his his yeah. terror, right? Well, he was already doing some pretty awful things, but he was hiding a lot of it. There was another part of the film, you know, it takes place in 1936, so we couldn't be too smart about who that guy was. A lot of people knew that it was, he was a bad autocrat, but uh, I don't think they understood. How, uh, you know, it took a couple more years before we understood how bad it was going to get with him. So we had to be careful not to make everybody all that aware that early. You know, mm. on, on the casting front, is it? Uh, you know, like the, like it's not about eight people; it's about one. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you, when you're casting these kids, figure out how they need to kind of? Be one instead of eight. Well, we were lucky because, you know, they weren't rowers and we had to train them, which is... Did they do any rowing? They're, they're rowing through the whole movie. That's all them. That's them? Yeah, we had to train them for five months. Five months of training. Oh, I would have skimmed the corners on that yeah, one, George. That's no. intense. Well, we did. After about four weeks, we went to see them when, in their training. They were so bad. I called up uh, Grant and I, my producing partner Grant and I were in the room and I just said, how much will it cost to replace all their heads? <laughs> <laughs> but they got it together. Like George was saying, you know, because I know this, you know, when they ask an actor, like, can you oh, yeah. ride a horse on one leg while blindfolded and while doing a hula hoop? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you just say yes. And then you try and work it out later. Yeah. So getting a bunch of guys and going, you know, can you, are you guys athletic? You know, they're all going to say, say yes. yes. But yeah. they were. They, did. they were. Yeah, it was I'm very impressive. Yeah. yeah, but you had problems with your cocks. Yes, I'm getting that worked on though. We had a we had a difficulty with our cocks. I'm but, just gonna hide in my sweat away. You guys chat about this. But we found we're one. allowed. Once you once we found our cocks, I feel like the whole <laughs> film worked. Both did he help with that, or was, did you were you alone? No, on it was that just one? A, uh, Grant and I were basically in search of uh, our cocks. <laughs> and you got the perfect one. Yes. And, you know, honestly, um, uh, uh, Luke is actually the perfect cock swing. Mm. I'd love that guy yelling at me to get going in the morning. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. How do you spell coxswain? Uh, C-O-X-S-W-I-A-N. S-W-I-I-N. That's a crazy word. Yeah. 
I have kids and my partner spells out words like should we give them some C H O L O C A T E? I'm like, what's that? It takes yeah, yeah, yeah. a minute. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, that's it for us, folks. Guys, love you. Thank, Thank you so you much, George. The Boys in the Boat hits theaters on Christmas Day. Okay, now everybody, this guy is living his best life. Zach Efron recently got his star on the Walk of Fame and then hit his big Hollywood premiere for The Iron Claw. Zach stars in the true-life early 1980s wrestling film, which is being called the Tear Jerker of the Year. Extra catches up with Zach and co-star Jeremy Allen White, who open up about the surprise reaction to the film. I love it. Oh, so do you. Look how handsome you look. Oh, thanks. Wow, Zach, what a day for you. How are you feeling? Yeah. Big one. <laughs> it's been a big day. Congratulations on your star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm, thank you. And now this, your premiere and the movie getting so much positive buzz, praise, specifically for you, your role, the role you play in it. What does it feel like? Sorry? What does it feel like? Just the What's praise like? and the reaction to the movie. You know what? It feels very special. It really does. I, um, you know, I, you, movies movies are, it's, it's a really, really fun industry. I have a great time uh, making them, but for a project like this, uh, really driven from Sean Durkin's like heart and his dream and his, his kind of childhood fantasy and um, for it to all come together with this cast and to be on this side of it and have people enjoying it it's it's a feeling I've never really felt before I, I don't even know how to put it into words but I'm, I'm overjoyed and uh, just incredibly grateful this moment it's it's uh, yeah something I will never forget it never to hear that word those words Oscar buzz to hear the words Oscar yeah. I, you said it I don't know I'm, I'm very that's what people are saying really? specifically you yes you know what for the movie to be recognized in any capacity would be amazing it sounds crazy I don't even want to think about that I just got a star I, I need to slow my roll I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm good for now I'm good I'm good for a bit what about the haircut are you going to bring that back the Von Eric haircut Kevin Von I don't know I might be able to find that wig I might be able to find that wig I, th I think I know a lady she, she probably has it she probably has it and Kevin called you a star so to have that praise come from you know the only survivor of the family what does that mean to you it means everything. You know, Kevin's, I think just over the course of playing him and, and uh, learning about him, I, I just, I feel especially close to him. And uh, I really, I, I care a lot about how he feels about the film. So having his sign off and um, to just to talk with him about how much he enjoys the film, it means everything, man. Like, I don't even, it's one of the most special compliments he could ever be paid. So yeah, he, he's, he's my hero, man. The fact he's here tonight and is coming out to support the movie it's it's just very special I know. spoke to him it's clear he loves you <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's not faking it no he said you're going fishing he said you're going fly fishing he's, he's so lovely thank you so much congratulations 
Catch the Iron Claw in theaters December 22nd. Well, two of Hollywood's hottest young stars, Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell, play a couple of people who hate each other but try to convince their friends and family that they're in love. And as they tell our Tommy D'Addario, things get quite steamy in their new flick, Anyone But You. Take a listen. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good. Good, how are you? I am excellent. The movie is fantastic. I laughed my butt off. <laughs> there were a lot of um, intimate scenes, we'll say, throughout the course of the movie. So how in the world do you get comfortable with one another? How do you kind of put all that aside and just go for it? <laughs> well, at that, at that point in the process, those scenes were shot very last. Yeah. So I had to be uh, absolutely naked on a cliffside. Uh, and then shirtless for the rest of the movie. There was a lot. There's there was a lot of icebreakers there was a, there was a lot of going uh, into those, those yeah. scenes for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah the, was, those were the last scenes. Those the last scenes of the movie. So there was no self consciousness with all of that. There's always self consciousness. There's there's, there's, there's uh, about forty men just watching, sweaty in cargo shorts, watching you do that. So that's never uh, like. Can never, you uh, maybe twist just a little that way? <laughs> it look kind of weird. There's some weird body hair right there. Yeah. You want somebody to shave that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh <laughs> it's, way, it's always way more technical than you think it is. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Well, yeah. amazing scenes, so much fun to watch. And of course, you filmed in Australia, which was just magical. But I also saw y'all in the harbor, which is known to be infested with sharks. So yes. how was that? We actually swam in the real Sydney Harbor. We swam in a shark cage. No way. And they had us wear these um, shark ankle monitors. And I was like, how does anyone know if this works? Are we test subjects? What's going on? I don't think it's a real thing. They, they, they basically were like, hey, you can swim in, in the harbor because you're wearing this ankle bracelet. And it looks like something you get at like Claire's. <laughs> it looks like a Fitbit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who was more scared between the two of you? From, the, from sharks? Yeah, like about a shark popping up. You know, I wasn't nervous about the. I wasn't nervous about the shirt. Well, the, the the cage is a little bit below the, the, the cage water. Was, I, so I, I, I was like, what if they, they jump? They jump over. Like, mm. You know, like a jumping shark, which I've seen before. Well, Do you see TV. jumping sharks? They're all over the internet. You well, gotta check them out. Jumping sharks. Anything for the shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys hope people get from this movie? I hope that they feel and see the amount of just love and joy that we all had filming it together. Mm. This thing, this thing is really a blast, and you haven't seen a big theatrical rom com like this with a great ensemble cast where everybody's having a blast. Like we had the greatest time making this movie, and I really think it's like a throwback, and I think it's one that you can take. I've now gotten to show this movie to a lot of my friends, and everybody leaves with the biggest smile on their face, and I think that's a a rare thing in movies now. Yeah, rock on with that. And Glenn, <laughs> we've been seeing a lot of you lately. Of course, in this movie, we, One would we say saw too much. We yeah. saw a whole lot of you. Yeah, we saw your men's health spread. Yeah, I'm a fellow fitness guy. I, I love the article. <laughs> some good good pictures in there. <laughs> our thing, our clothing. A thing of the past. Do, should we wear clothes anymore? I'm not sure. I can't really. You know, my mom is right over there, and she had a talk with me after that men's health. Oh, spread. mom wasn't into it. She said, Glenn, you've been in Hollywood too long. You need to come home. You gotta put your clothes back on and come back to Austin. Yeah. I uh yeah, I think, you know, I think I've I think I've done, you know, we all have our chapters of our life. I think I've had like my nude chapter. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my clothes on for a bit and do some thinking and reading, I think. That's right. that's better use of my time. Solid plan. Yeah. Did you kind of beef up your workout routine for this movie? I know you're always into fitness, but were you super hardcore? This one this one, there's a you know, when you have to have your shirt off at a movie, um, and you're as naked as you are in a movie like this like yeah you um 
you're a little bit more dialed in. As a as a, a corn fed Texan, I, I'm not used to being that specific on stuff, but yeah. I'm ready to do a movie with my shirt on. Any chance he had, he was working out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a video for you. Was that a threat? Was that a threat? <laughs> well, I was waiting to see like, how serious is he going to answer this. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So we might see some Instagram stories dropping. Uh, you later. might see some. All right. Yeah. Very, very nice. And you, I have to bring this up because how iconic. The Rolling Stones, that music video, you got to Thank work you. with them. How was that? It was so cool. It yeah? Was, I mean, a bucket list item that I didn't even think was going to happen or be possible. I mean, I got to car surf down Sunset, driving down both lanes, cops taking us anywhere we needed to go, rolling around. It was so cool. Epic. Especially so like cool. with those guys, yeah. the Sunset yeah. Strip, yeah. like the most iconic like getting lane to of music. Sing and perform and like interact Epic. with them on the billboards. Like that was so cool. You're also on the side of the Whiskey A Go Go, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so I like cool. parked there and I looked over and Sydney's just the whole side of the Whiskey. Oh Go-Go. my god! <laughs> what a cool moment! Yeah. Amazing. Well, really we're cool. gonna wrap with a quick game. Okay. And I want you to help the world find better dates in their life. Okay. Okay. So we have three questions. Okay. Number one: What would be your perfect dates? Hmm. Perfect date. Perfect date. Honestly, you go. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 so, so, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Ladies first. Yes, ladies. <laughs> wow. Really? It's turned into a roast. Um, my perfect date. Uh, another great rom com, Miss Congeniality. What is it, like April 14th? It's too hot, not too cold. Um, I, you know, I, I, I used to be like a big, uh, big theatrics, you know, go, go big on the first date, but I'm, I'm learning to just like, do like a nice simple dinner, get to know somebody. Love it. Yeah. I, I have this really funny thing where I take guys on this hike to see if they can last the hike. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's fun. You get to know the person. Yeah. See if they're like adventurous and they want to challenge themselves and get to know each other and you can talk and it's fun. Okay. They're just, they're just gassed while you're... You know what's really cool? You scale this dam. And then you climb through like these caves and these rocks, and then at the end there's a cliff jump. All right, I support that. Sounds like what the Navy SEALs do. Yeah, right. A Navy SEAL workout. All right, right, now you can take me to dinner now. All right, done. (laughs) Done. Biggest red flag on date one. If they chew with their mouth open. Good one. Ooh, yeah. That's a that's a that's a pretty. Mm -hmm. Coming from a family of sensitive ears. You agree? I agree. Okay, I agree. good. And last one, date one was great. Yep. Biggest red flag post date one. Ooh. Like for me, I had a person go and friend all of my friends after date one, and I was like, no, oh, this is not going to Oh, that's really Went full in. Like, full, full in. Like, real and they're fast. like, why is this person messaging me? Oh, they oh, messaged what? me? What? Yeah, yeah, that's a whole oh, other that's story. Weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's definitely yeah, a red flag right That's a there. good one. All right, so you agree. That's a red flag. Yeah. Amazing. Well, guys, this was awesome. Congrats <laughs> so on the thank film. Thank you. I loved it. Thank Thanks. you so much. All right. Catch the laughs and more of Glenn's toned apps when anyone but you lands in theaters on December 22nd. And finally today, who says that you can't go home again? Playing Fraser Crane won Kelsey Grammer four Emmys. So when the call came two years ago to reboot his beloved sitcom, Kelsey was all in. I caught up with the star who reveals that he isn't closing the door on a possible romantic reunion with a past Cheers favorite. 
Hello, sir. I'm Melvin Robert with Extra. Really nice to be with you. Likewise, man. Good to see you. You as well. So you're back. You're back in this role after 20 years. I have to tell you, it's like you never left it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is like I never left, honestly. I mean, he was he's always been on some sort of weird place somewhere <laughs> growing and changing and, and evolving and finding love and not finding love, popularity, success, blah, blah, blah. And he ended up stepping off a plane, going back to Boston. <laughs> it's like, there he is again. And we get to see this evolution of him as well now as a parent. Yes. Yeah. The original, the, the, the original idea for the show was always to get him in a sort of mirrored relationship with my son, as I was in with my father in the previous show. So that was, that was one of the foundational pieces always of what we had in mind. And uh, Jack got more Scott who's playing my son, Freddie is just delightful. And I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we resemble one another enough to believe that, you know, he's my kid, but, uh, but he's, uh, he's captured something about the mannerisms and everything else where you go, Son of a gun, he's really, you, you believe he's actually Frazier's kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you love the most about Frazier? I love his, his, uh, his optimism. Uh, I love his stick-to-itiveness. His, he's always willing to try. He, he knows he goes in sometimes without, without enough information. He makes assumptions a lot of the time. But he, he's always willing to, to adjust, to improvise, to find a way to to come to the best possible resolution. That's what I love about him. He's always been positive. He's always gone with his heart. And I, I really, I really embrace that. And that's what attracted us to him over all these years. I mean, from yeah. cheers to, yeah. to, to Frazier now to this, my dad is a huge fan of yours. And I told him, cause he's been following all the years. And I told him I was going to talk to you today. And, and he just said that all the qualities about the character, the affability, the genuineness, the heart, the goofiness, even the, the neuroses, he said, it's just cool that it's still all still there, but just in more of an evolved form. That's really great. That's very, very, uh, very perspicacious of your father. I'm very impressed. Uh, that's <laughs> definitely something we uh, we were aiming for, a little wiser, a little more seasoned, less frenetic, but still caring, still coming from the heart. It's really always been about love, Fran, and that's, that's what it is. Why was now... The, the time to reboot the series. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of speculation on that. And a lot of people have been asking that question. And I think uh, it's funny. It's maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's something beyond us. I don't actually know. I and mean, uh, we started cooking up this idea six years ago. Uh, it went through all kinds of manifestations and changes. And, uh, but about two years ago, David Nevin said, Let's make this show. And then he said, let's work on a script. They got, they have a whole bunch of notes and uh, we went, we adjusted some of the things and I did about, about three incarnations of note taking. And then I finally called and said, we can't do another note. We can't do another note session. We do, it's, it's just done. If we're going to kill this character, let's just kill it now. And then he, he sat on the phone and said, we're going to make this show. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> that was it and we started and uh that was the the big decision but i think what may be going on is that we need it the audience needs to laugh this way like they used to you know we really do yeah that we can all laugh at we can all recognize oh yeah we're all humans we do this kind of nonsense all the time don't we but we're all in it we're all in it with all our hearts and we're all still trying to make a good life for ourselves 
and Fraser's our guy. He he's an example that says you don't quit on this. You just keep going, and you know there's going to be all kinds of mistakes you make, but they're fun. You can celebrate that, and laugh a little bit, and say, "Gosh, isn't it nice we can just sit and watch a television show and laugh at something?" <laughs> how much how much of, of Fraser's optimism have you been able to implement into your own life into Kelsey's yeah, life? Well, it's I mean his is mine. I mean you know I mean I'm the same way. Uh, it's that part is. From the very first impression I had of this character, I always thought the only way to play him is that he loves Diane like he's never loved anything in his life to the, the fullest part of his being. And 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 that made him funny because it was like you, you knew he was in it. He was sincere. He was earnest. And his his shortcomings or whatever else might be, you know, unattractive about him became attractive because he cared so much. And um, yeah, I'm sort of the same way. <laughs> Well, since he's back in Boston, could we ever see cheers? Yeah, well, I mean, the, together. the bar is closed, apparently. You know, that's what Jimmy has sort of made that pronouncement. We we know it doesn't exist anymore. So uh, it might be fun to have him stick his head in that window. I'm sorry, go, oh, you know, what might have been. But um, there may be a character we, we would see. I mean, I have this, I mean, I, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm so, I'm sorry, Kirstie's gone. I mean, I, I loved her so much. It would have been fun to have Fraser hook up with Rebecca on some wild night. I mean, she was such a wonderful girl. Um, but uh, Diane, it might be nice for them to have a real sort of grown-up rapprochement, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when they can say, okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that would be really cool to see. And when on, on a streaming show, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, and Something else I think a lot of people may not realize is that you were an executive producer on Girlfriends. And I yep. love that show with Tracy Ellis Ross and that whole crew. It'd be great to see that show come back. I'd love to see that show come back. There has been some conversation about it. Um, we'd have to sort of gauge Tracy's interest. I, I do think she's a pivotal part of that happening. Uh, it's it's possible to imagine that you could do a show called Girlfriends again without her, but I don't think the audience would be as inclined to want to watch it. Uh, it'd be great to see where they've gone in the last 20 years. It'd be really fun to see that. And uh, I love those girls. I loved them. They were fantastic. Golden Brooks and Age and Perfect. And, uh, and, and um, um, the young lady that left, she was so good. Um, Joe. Um, Such a great show. Wonderful. Yeah. Good show. About love. Again, you know. Yeah, and finally, before we let you go, what do you hope, if people take away nothing else from the Frasier reboot, what do you hope that it is? Uh, just that it's worth... Hmm. I hope it's just joy. Mm -hmm. Joy is what it's meant to, meant to bring. Thank you so much. Really nice to, to be with you this way. Thank you, man. <laughs> Have a good day. Catch all of season one of the Frasier reboot on Paramount+. Plus. That's all we've got for you today, everybody. We'll be back after the holidays with new episodes of Extra the Podcast. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you soon.